Hello, dear friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable, and it is time for Let's Talk About Jesus right here on WMAF. We keep saying it every single broadcast. We are so glad to be able to bring God's Word to you today, and we're so so very glad as well that you are part of the listening family of WMAF and therefore part of our listening family as well today. And we greet you in the name of Jesus Christ, our, our Lord, our Savior, and our soon coming King. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'll be so glad when Jesus shows up. We live in a world of tumult and trouble where there is no good news from any quarter, hardly ever. It is always in the negative, fulfilling the prophetic scripture concerning signs of Christ's soon coming, that men's hearts, failing them for fear, just preceding in the beginning parts, uh, bringing on the great tribulation, men's hearts, failing them for fear and for looking at the things which are coming upon the earth. I grew up in a time uh, when the Cold War was was in its uh, in its uh, uh, apex and the the Cuban Missile Crisis when when the the nuclear uh, weapons standoff with Russia. Uh, we I remember getting under my desk as we had drills in our little elementary school and and we would climb under our desk with dog tags on to identify by. Bodies, just like in the military when people go to war. We, we, we lived in the threat, in that nuclear threat. And today we've come full circle and we're back living under another nuclear threat of nuclear war. Uh, one day the threat, I believe, will become a reality and it will be part of what we see happening uh, in the book of Revelation. Even in the New Testament, uh, the Bible talks about the elements being on fire with fervent heat, something not really understood at all in the generation that it was written, but it's very clearly understood in our generation. I checked out of a in a restaurant the other day and and uh, uh, they asked me if I had the chip because credit cards now have a chip many of them uh, where you just insert it it reads the chip and the the young lady behind the counter uh, said you know uh, there is a company that wants to put a chip and she pointed at the back of her hand all their employees do you uh, and and looked at me for an answer and I said you know we are so so close to a cashless society. We are so close to not being able to buy or sell uh, without taking a mark. Uh, the time is coming. This is not paranoia. This is not people who are jumping to conclusions and, and fostering fear. This is legitimate concern. We as Christians see this buildup and this movement toward all that was prophesied, predicted, and proclaimed that would be happening in the last of the last days and then especially during the tribulation period. And we got into a short discussion because there was no line at this point. And this young woman was aware 
very aware of the time that we're living in. And I, and we agreed mutually to turn this into a positive, this very negative possibility and probability uh, into a positive because we both agreed. And I won't tell you our whole conversation, but we both agreed that if the tribulation is nigh, then the coming of Jesus is even closer. Hallelujah. Oh, friend of mine, make no mistake about it. This world and Christians in particular are uh, becoming aware uh, that there are things and events coming that man is not going to be able to handle because in the same context of men's hearts failing them for fear, looking at the things which are coming on the earth, the Bible said there would be distress of nations with perplexity. And that means all of the great thinkers, the great diplomats, the great educators, the, all of the great thinkers of the world cannot figure it out, setting the stage for a man to come on the scene who can and will figure it out because he will have the full cooperation of Satan and his cohorts. We are, we are, we are in a world that will welcome the Antichrist when he comes on the scene because we're in a war-weary world and fear has become the dominant factor uh, in the in the nations of the world globally but, uh, and we could go on and on about those issues but it brings us to this important issue today this is the this is the day of salvation this is the time when we should choose to drink from the cup of salvation and drink from it deeply in Matthew 26:27 and 28 Jesus initiated what we know now as the Lord's Supper, what the church took forward into the, the, into, into our century, the new millennium, the 17th year of the new millennium, celebrating what Christ initiated. He took the, the ancient celebration of deliverance from Egypt, the cedar meal, the Passover meal, and used it to initiate what we now know as the Lord's Supper. The Eucharisto, the Eucharist, the, the Supper of Thanksgiving, the memorial meal, the, the taking of the tokens of his broken body and his poured out blood a, into this 2017 church age. And friend of mine, I want you to know today there's only two cups according to the scripture that we can drink from and we must drink from and it is the cup of salvation or the cup of his wrath his justifiable anger against sin and his judgment on sin and friend of mine today there's only two ways there's never a middle ground in scripture the choices are clear it is light or it is darkness it is the road that leads to eternal life, the straight and narrow, or it is the broad way that leads to destruction. There's never a middle ground, but there is always a choice. Hallelujah. You know, the two ways are presented in the Old Covenant where where the prophet says to ancient Israel, I put two 
ways before you. I put life and death before you. <laughs> Those are the two ways. Choose life. Oh, what a, what a call to salvation, a call to repentance in that case, that God might restore all of the blessings of His covenant to His covenant people. Choose life that you might live. I put two ways before you, blessing, cursing, life, and death. <laughs> you know, to me, that's a no-brainer. But to a lot of people, it seems to be a hard choice. Satan wants to make this a difficult, hard choice to keep you looking and searching for a middle ground when in reality there is no middle ground. And today it's almost a picture painted that, that if you choose not to take the cup of salvation, to repent of your sins and come to Christ as your Savior, it's going to be okay. You just won't live in heaven. You'll just die and that'll be it. That is not what the Bible teaches today and is out of step with many doctrines today uh, built on a Bible that is is absolutely unapologetic for anything that is written within it. Whatever he said in his word stands today as, as, as authoritative as it stood in the time that it was written. It is a timeless book. Heaven and earth will pass away. Man will pass away. But the Bible said the word of God will abide for ever. Heaven as we know it is going to pass away and be changed. The earth as we know it is going to be transformed. Everything has a time limit on it except the eternal word of Almighty God. And I believe as a Christian minister today, we need to get back to the Bible and let it speak and let the word of God stand and quit worrying so much about what the world thinks about what God has declared. God has every right to judge wrong. And we have absolutely no right to judge him for it. So we preach without apology. We teach without apology. Because the word of God is true. And the God of the word loves you today. This is the glorious message of this cup of salvation that Jesus is talking about in these verses of Scripture. And it said in Matthew 26, 27, and 28, And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it. For this is my blood of the New Testament, literally the new covenant, which is shed for many, for the remission of sins. So Holy Communion itself is rich in symbolism and in revelation. The juice, of course, represents the blood of Christ, the bread, the body of Christ. And the body of Christ must be broken for the blood of Christ to be poured out, to be shed for the remission of sins. So literally all the benefits of the sacrificial death of our Savior are represented by this cup. There are two cups, therefore, represented in Scripture, the cup of wrath, which represents God's justifiable anger and judgment, and the cup of salvation, which represents His forgiveness and His goodness to all who will confess their sins and turn to Him. 
to truly appreciate. And I've said this many times over. If you're a Christian and you're saved today, and you say the cup of wrath is not relevant to me, what does that mean to me? Why should I even care about what the Bible says about the, the awful plight of the wicked? Uh, where they, they were, What does that mean to me? And I'm going to say it very clearly today, to truly appreciate the cup of blessing, we must first clearly understand the cup of wrath. In order to be truly grateful for what we have been saved unto, we need to be fully uh, appreciative of what we've been saved from. So first, I want to talk about this other cup, this alternative, this cursing, this death, this banishment and punishment from the presence of God. And the message of the Old Testament about God's cup of wrath is very clear. God's justice cannot be denied, and His punishment must be handed out. Nations and peoples cannot escape the judgment of God against sin. The cup of wrath will be drunk by the wicked. And you don't have to believe this for this to occur. This is something God is going to bring to pass according to his word. The psalmist spoke of this cup in Psalm 75 and verse 8. It said, For in the hand of the Lord there is a cup. The wine is red, it is full of mixture, and he poured out of the same, but the dredges thereof. All the wicked of the earth shall wring them out and drink them. And drink them. The cup of blessing must be chosen. The cup of wrath, God's judgment against sin, is certain without exception. The Amplified Bible brings this out. It says, For in the hand of the Lord there is a cup of his wrath, and the wine foams and is red, well mixed, and he pours out from it, and all the wicked of the earth must drain it and drink its dredges. You see, the message of judgment, therefore, against sin has been so suppressed in the 21st century church. Few are fleeing the wrath to come because they do not fear the wrath to come. You see, the scripture says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's so important that we understand that a choice must be made to drink the cup of salvation. But the choice doesn't have to be made to drink the cup of His wrath. Everyone who rejects God's offer of salvation. You see, the Bible said, He that believeth on me, Jesus speaking of Himself as our Savior, and, and His sacrificial death, and the shedding of His precious blood, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. So all you have to do to drink the cup of wrath is to reject the cup of salvation, the cup of forgiveness. Listen to Psalm eleven four through 7. The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold, his eyelids try the children of men. The Lord trieth the righteous, but the wicked and him that loveth violence his soul hateth. 
Upon the wicked shall he rain snares, fire and brimstone, and an horrible tempest. This shall be the portion of their cup. For the righteous the Lord loveth righteousness. His countenance doth behold the upright. In other words, there's no escape from the wrath of God. Even God's people, Israel, could not escape. We think here of 40 years when Israel was forced to wander through the wilderness until all the fathers died. We think here of the days during the judges when God gave Israel over and over again into the hands of her enemies. We think here of the 70 years of exile in Babylon. In each and every instance, Israel was forced to drink from the Lord's cup of wrath. She was not allowed to escape the consequences of her sin. So Jeremiah spoke of this cup in Jeremiah twenty-five, fifteen, and 16. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel unto me, Take the wine cup of his fury at my hand, and cause all nations to whom I send thee to drink it. And they shall drink and be moved and be mad because of the sword that I will send against them. Verse 28 said, And if it shall be, if they refuse to take the cup of thine hand to drink, thou shalt say unto them, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, You shall certainly drink. Literally, one translation says, You must drink it. One paraphrase reads, The cup of the angel armies, the God of the angel armies has ordered you to drink. So drink. The Old Testament also makes clear that the cup of God's wrath must be taken and drunk to the very dredges. The cup of wrath must be taken and drained to the bottom. Isaiah spoke of this cup, and he said in Isaiah 51 in verse 17, Awake, awake, stand up, O Jerusalem, which hast drunk at the hand of the Lord the cup of his fury. Thou hast drunken the dredges of the cup of trembling and wrung them out. Ezekiel talked about this cup in Ezekiel 23, 30 through 33, verses 30 through 33. I will do these things unto thee because thou hast gone a whoring after the heathen and because thou art polluted with their idols. Thou hast walked in the way of thy sister, therefore I will give her cup into thine hand. Thus saith the Lord God, Thou shalt drink of thy sister's cup, deep and large. Thou shalt be laughed to scorn, and had in derision. It containeth much. Thou shalt be filled with drunkenness and sorrow, with the cup of astonishment and desolation, with the cup of thy sister Samaria. Now, I'm not going to read all of the scriptures, but for your personal study in Habakkuk 2 and 6, the cup of wrath is spoke of in Zechariah 12 and 2. John the Revelator talked about the cup of his wrath in Revelation 14.10, Revelation 16.19, and Revelation 18.16. Jesus talked about this cup in the garden. Listen to it, Matthew 26, verse 39. It said, and he went a little farther. And fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my Father, if it be possible, let 
this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but as thou will be done. Listen, folks. Jesus is going to drink the dredges of the cup of God's wrath against sin and ungodliness. He that knew no sin is about to drink the sinner's cup. He's going to take the curse that he might break the curse for us. He's going to take the banishment and the punishment so we can be saved and forgiven. Jesus is going to the cross to drink your cup and mine. He drank the cup of trembling. We drink the cup of triumph. Oh, what a Savior. Oh, hallelujah. His heart was broken at Calvary. His hands were nail-scarred. His side was riven. He gave His life's blood for even me. Oh, what a Savior we used to sing. Oh, hallelujah. How can we calculate the worth of this cup of salvation, this cup of blessing? He drank our cup so we could drink His and be saved. See, this is why Jesus said, let this cup pass from me. And as horrifying and as horrible as the pain was on that cross, some doctors have tried to, to medically uh, 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 communicate all of the suffering that one would suffer physically on the cross. But there was a spiritual suffering that Jesus was about to suffer that went beyond and transcended the most horrifying torture that one could endure. And that is what happened to the human body on that cross. When we hear, let this cup, we think of the cross itself. There's just the, the going to the cross, the physical pain of it all. But the cup went deeper. He that knew no sin was about to die as treated as a hopeless sinner without God without hope, without the comfort and consolation of his father. Remember in Pilate's hall, Jesus said, because all had forsook him. <laughs> they had, the disciples were hiding in fear for their life. The people he healed were not standing up except for Mary Magdalene, who stood with his mother at the foot of that cross. Friend of mine, listen carefully. This is the cup that he dreaded so much and he cried on the cross as that cup was drunk to the last drop until the wrath of God against sin was justifiable judgment against sin was burned out in him see so that God might be just and a justifier of them that believe in Jesus Christ and on him repenting of our sins on the cross he cried Eloi Eloi, lama sabachthani, which being interpreted was, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? There was no comfort like there was in Pilate's hall when he said, My Father is always with me. But on the cross, there was no comfort, 
no consolation. He felt lost and abandoned, and he had to suffer alone, suspended between heaven and earth, drinking the cup. And that's what he dreaded most, was the absence of the Father's comfort and consolation. So he died even though he was God incarnate, even though in him dwelt the fullness of the Godhead bodily, in order to fulfill the required sacrifice for sin, he died as a man forsaken of God. The Bible said in Isaiah 53 and verse 1, Who hath believed our report? Who is the arm of the Lord revealed? When we saw him, there was nothing that we should desire him, but we considered him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he surely he bore our griefs. He carried our sorrows. <laughs> oh, friend of mine, what he was doing on that cross, drinking the cup of wrath that we might drink from the cup of forgiveness and the cup of blessing. Praise God. Amen. How then can we calculate the worth of this cup of salvation, this cup of blessing and forgiveness? The Bible said in 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 16, the cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? All friends, spiritually, so much more was occurring than just the writhing, pain-ridden body of this man hanging on that tree. Oh, friend, a price beyond calculation was being paid for your sins and mine, that we might be forgiven, that we might not be punished and banished from the presence of God and punished, but that we might be welcomed into his kingdom in the city that he's prepared for us to live with him forever. And these two cups are now offered through the gospel of Jesus Christ today to every person on this planet. And we are told to make the right choice. We're told to not let any sin of the flesh get in the way of the salvation that is offered us in Jesus Christ. Not only will we have eternal life and not have to fear the wrath to come, but we will have a fulfillment that no sin, no sin can possibly give the fulfillment that comes when God comes into our heart and Christ comes into our heart. Hallelujah, to satisfy the deepest longings of our soul. Oh, someone said, I searched for him in song. I knew not what I searched for. I longed for him and knew not what I longed for. But then I found Jesus and I knew that I would search no more. Today, if you're searching through sin, for that that fulfills, laying aside the eternal consequences, which are the most important of all, but even laying that aside for a moment, 
If you're searching through sin for that that will fulfill, you will never find it. But if you come to know Christ as your Savior, He promised a peace that the world can't give, a joy and a fulfillment that nothing in the world can offer, and on top of that, eternal life instead of eternal banishment and punishment from the presence of God. Oh, what a Savior! Oh, hallelujah! His heart was broken on Calvary. His hands were nail-scarred. His side was riven. He gave his life's blood for even me and for even you today. And I believe with all of my heart right now that God is offering you. God is holding out his nail-scarred hand. Christ is holding out his arm toward you today. And he's saying simply unto you, Take this cup of salvation. Repent of your sins. Receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And drink deeply from the cup of salvation. And not only be saved, but be filled with the living water that He said He would give you. Today is the day of salvation for you. This is the accepted time. Come to Christ. Come to Jesus. And if you're a Christian today, celebrate your salvation with a gratitude that you may have never known before, having escaped the wrath to come. Oh, friend, oh, what a Savior. Would you come back next week? Let's talk about Jesus. Jesus.